This is Donna Peters back for season four of the award-winning Me Sweet podcast. Here we continue to shine a mic on career-driven, life-minded professionals, sharing our wins and our warts as we cultivate the role we want work to play in our lives. Putting work to work for us, as I like to say, let's get in there. Welcome back, me sweet listener. I have been receiving a lot of listener questions about this era that we're calling the Great Resignation. Some refer to it as the era of great reflection or great reassessment. At the core of this topic is all of us thinking about what is our next best career move, whether we stay within the company where we are or look externally, consider a leave of absence. And so I have invited someone to talk to us about the topic of making the next best career move. His name is Richard Culberson, and he has a non-linear career path. And I think we can learn a lot from him as we learn about the strategy he has used around nurturing and building networks, how he has thought creatively and broadly about his skills and strengths and the areas and experiences that he wants to gain and grow. Really, in summary, Richard has always been running to something, not from something. And I think we have a lot to learn. Welcome, Richard Culberson to the Me Suite. Hi, Donna. Thanks for having me. So, Richard, you know that I start with core values, and you will be no different. So, I would like to start there with you. What are your core values, and how have they driven these big decisions that you've made in your life? Sure. I'd like to say that they're all very intentional and well thought out, but I kind of went as thinking a little bit through it. The things that are, you've got to stay true to yourself. Yeah. And, and that's probably the one of the things that's always resonated in me is you can feel when you get that uncomfortable level of you've stretched too far. Or sometimes you've been looking for opportunities and saying, well, what if I could do that? And you've gone too far. Uh Um, So I always try to do as best as I can to to stay true to myself as you go. But to that, to a second point that has always come really big with me Uh is basically to say, accept the challenges or embrace challenges when they come. Okay. I think when I look at some of the most successful people that I admire, they have seen risk and they see it as an opportunity, not as a challenge. Okay. And see what they can do and how they build that. Um, and then finally, really, the thing that I've always talked with my teams and people around what seems to resonate is to be positive, but ask why. Ah. And I played with it a little bit sometimes. Sometimes it's be positive and ask why, but I think I always have to use for myself, but ask why. Okay. Um, some of it comes a little bit more naturally than others, but uh, on the be positive side, it's so much comes from assuming positive intent. Okay. And understanding where people are coming from and running that they have their own incentives and how do you make sure that you can connect. But ultimately, it's the old airport test of no one wants to be around the negative person. Uh-huh. So always do that. And I'm going to say that's probably the one that does not come naturally to me as much as the latter one, which is but ask why. Okay. So as a form engineer and a reform consultant, the thing is always was, well, keep asking why. Peel the onion, get into the, into the topic a little bit more. Because you just learn so much more through that. Let me share with the listeners a little bit more about your background. You already mentioned before that you are an electrical engineer by education. You also are an MBA. Yes. You are married with three girls. Three strong, independent women. Yes. Wonderful. I can't wait for them to be my boss one day. (laughs) Fabulous. And you have been inside consulting, communications media, and retail. Those are your three major career moves to date. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So I want to just riff with you on that. 
of how have you made those big moves? Have they been accidental because you got a random phone call? Have they been where you reflected on that next big opportunity or growth area that you've wanted to pursue? I'm sure there's no simple answer to my question. I'd just like to roll around in it a little bit. I use the sports analogy of a pivot foot in basketball. Okay. So recognize what you bring to the table mm-hmm. and what you don't know. I love this concept of learning and problem solving. But what I didn't really see coming was this idea of getting into business at the time. I thought I was going to design electrical systems or get mm-hmm. into something like that. Um, but quickly, I went to an information session about consulting. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute. So we get to see different problems at different companies and different places where you can approach it in different angles. So I really loved, like, wait, I bring structured problems along. That was kind of the engineering side of me. It was I could put things in boxes. Indeed. And I can see how this works out. But then quickly, I can learn about business models and different industries. So that gave me an opportunity to see things that I think I never would have been able to see and open new doors for me. Mm-hmm. So I've tried to do that several times throughout my career journey. I'm glad to talk about any of those. Okay. And at each of those companies, uh, you've been there for quite some time. I mean, you go and you establish, you really sink into these roles. When you're there and you're deciding your next best move, what is that process for you? Do you do an annual plan? Do you have a Richard strategic plan? Are you constantly thinking like a chief learning officer and where you want to grow? Get, get us in your head for a moment. You make it sound too easy. More than not, it's a, there's specific triggers, that I okay. think, that come through. But what I try to do is I go forward and, and take kind of a collector of people and a collector of experiences. And then I try to make sure that I stay in connection with some of these people that have really meant a lot for me. And, mm. I, and as can, if you keep those relationships active, I always find they always come back or they come back to you as much yeah. as anything else. So what I found is what's, what do I want to build off of my previous experiences to the sports analogy of, of a pivot foot? Mm-hmm. Of Well, now I'd like to try a new exp- uh, functional area or I'd like to try a new industry. I've always had so much curiosity as to what I don't know, you know the unknown unknowns. Yeah. I'm in trying to make them known unknowns, if you will, of what I want to experience and what I want to build on that. I think that's something I got from my parents of always mm-hmm. be seeing what else you could be doing. Yeah. I want to pick up on what you said about a collector of people and a collector of experiences. It ties back to a little bit of a framework I have when I am helping people identify their next best career move. One area is around networking and thinking very strategically about your network and how to put that network to work for you. Mm-hmm. I'll put that under your collecting people comment. And then the other one around collecting experiences is I encourage people to think very creatively and broadly about their skills and strengths because you aren't just a CPA, for example. There right. are many other skills and strengths wrapped up in that. What do you mean? when you say a collector of people and how do you do that proactively? I like to try to surround myself with people better than me. Uh There's many dimensions (laughs) I can improve on on that aspect of it. But whether it's professional, personal or something, it's like, well, people to help round you out and make you a better person. Mm -hmm. And as you're going through, if you can overlap those with with experiences of what interests you, and this is kind of going back to the being genuine to yourself of what would you like to exposure and get experience to? Yeah. And if you sit and spend time and genuinely appreciate people and the conversations you have with them, you'll start to understand what you have not been exposed to in the past and what you might want to get into. Yeah. And I think that's happened to me several times of being a consultant and 
working with clients and some of my favorite clients, I'd see where their struggles are, but where their interests were. So I really wanted to try getting into the industry, yeah. which is what led me to go into the communications industry itself. Okay. Because I was the, I was always the first person on a project and the last person off. Oh, okay. So I was always the one sitting there like, well, we've got to execute this too. I don't, didn't want to deliver the deck or the recommendation, then walk away. So I thought that was a great opportunity talking with all of my clients to say, well, what's it like to actually manage something ongoing? Mm -hmm. So I used that. That was my pivot going from the consulting world to the communications world. I took the baby step into corporate strategy, but very quickly wanted to get that experience of rolling up my sleeves. Yeah. Kind of getting out of the the ivory tower or whatever on the strategy side and getting involved with the business, Mm -hmm. which is, I think, kind of where I've taken my career from there. Yeah. And that led to, I guess, P&L roles and business unit heads, et cetera. Correct. Was that your path after that? We did. Coming out of corporate strategy, I was very lucky to be exposed to new businesses. Okay. So I love this concept of a, of a startup or a growth business within a larger uh, enterprise. Right. Um, so I was very fortunate, which leaders put a lot of faith in me and said, wait a minute, you came up with this plan, uh-huh. dog caught car, now why don't you help manage it? Yeah. So that was, uh, in the communications in- industry, that was my experience. And so it's one of those, it's, it's a gift and a curse because now you made the plan. Now you have to be able to actual act behind it. Yeah. Yeah. What is uh, it? You, you uh, eat what you kill. You eat your own dog food, whatever analogy it is. It was definitely a huge learning mm-hmm. experiment to me and to be able to get in there and, and work with, with technicians and call centers and having what I've always liked is having one foot in this 10 year strategy and where do you want to take a business? Yeah. But then later that day you're saying, well... We had 10 people in Arizona check out, so we couldn't get installs in today, so we're missing our metrics, so how are you going to act on that? So I've always loved it, and that was an experience I wanted to get yeah. to be able to experience that. So that's one of the hops, and then connecting that, that's an experience I wanted, but the leaders that I worked with, because I had the relationships and they knew what I wanted to get into, yeah, they saw an opportunity, and there was a trust at that point uh, and a faith that I at least to some extent, knew what I was going to do. But kind of more importantly, they knew that I would put my back into it and try to learn and be able to grow more people around it that can make me smarter as I get into it. Okay, you've just said something very casually that I think is really important and I want to put a spotlight on it. You just made a comment that people around you knew what you wanted to do. Mm. Ha-ha. So there's something that you did in that career journey where you were communicating to other people, signaling to them what you wanted so that they could look out for you. What was that? Something happened. That's, it's, I do think, I've always been around people and I'm by, kind of a planner by nature, but in a kind of a fluid way. Uh-huh. I think more, most careers now you're told, you need a development plan, you need this, and you put the three check boxes and you said every year you kind of revisit and see what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. But, and what I've always found the most helpful is really putting a little bit of heart behind it and bringing that in conversation where your passions are. Okay. Trying to make sure that they know what I'm interested in because usually if an opportunity comes up and you haven't relayed that, it's already been decided. So there's so many smart, talented people out there mm-hmm. that if they, people don't know where you want to go, they can't help set that path for you. Yeah. But I've seen if you have genuine, genuine relationships, the people that are kind of looking out for you and have expressed what that is, yeah. and looking around that corner, people will help you out. Yeah. So what would that look like tactically? Does that mean that in a monthly performance review, or maybe it's quarterly, you are obviously getting feedback on how you're doing and 
you're sharing what you think your next experience would be or what your next experience of interest is? I think that the the cadence probably changes based on the nature of the relationship. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, sometimes it will, you know, with people that you're working very closely with, there's small tidbits along the way. Mm-hmm. If you know you want to get into it, you can say on the monthly cadence, you're kind of bringing this up. Other relationships, uh, which I think they're really good ones, like you can bring it up like every other year or something like that. They know who you are. Yeah. And that'll help. So I think it depends on the relationship uh, and how deeply you know somebody. Yeah. And so I I love the proactivity in that. Have you also had experiences where someone was thinking of you for something that you had not even envisioned for yourself? This uh, this one actually just happened to me, and this is my last, uh, my latest career change. Okay. I've always thought my for about twenty some odd years, and even through education, uh-huh. was always somewhat tied into the communications industry. Yeah. Uh, a couple couple stops in entertainment and retail and other things. But largely, this is my expertise. This is how it can go. I've, all my uh, carrying the analogy out, whenever I'm looking to pivot, it was, well, go from strategy to execution or go from learn more about finance, something within that realm. Yeah. It was one of those examples where it's just uh, one of those relationships came to me and actually was through LinkedIn, said, hey, wow. I was thinking about you. I've got this new piece came up and I think you'd be perfect for it. Wow. But it was it was outside of my industry. It was outside of my wheelhouse. So... Coming back to one of your previous questions, I think one thing is people don't fully appreciate what they bring to the table. Oh. Um, and good if you surround yourself with good people, they'll see things in you that you don't. Nice. So that was, uh, it feels really good too when other people see it. I bet. So relatively out of the blue, it was very fortunate. And he basically said, hey, I think you'll be great for this. And this example was, you've started small companies and small businesses within large businesses and run a PL on that before. You know. Okay the pros and cons of trying to start something small in a large enterprise environment, which um, pros and cons to that. Great to leverage the, the resources, but might, be, might not be natural for the company. So I think there was there's a good track record of experience that I established there. But to pivot that into the retail experience took me back just for a minute. And uh-huh. you start to, re, if you think about what you're bringing to the table, um, I thought that was kind of eye-opening on my side. And it was great to see that someone else saw something in me that I might not have seen. First of all, did you just say that the role that you're in right now as the head of a business unit at a major retail, extremely respected organization came via LinkedIn? That's, uh, yes, I guess so from the medium <laughs> side. It's, it is hard to believe because I've actually, I'm, it's a fantastic medium. I think people use LinkedIn for a lot of different things, but mm-hmm. I never would have thought it would have come from that direction. Amazing. I think the underpinning behind it is the relationships we were talking about yes. before. But I think it's fascinating. You see that the mark that you left on people, it might be three, four years removed. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you've left that kind of mark and you have that impression on people, I think you can come back and get fortunate they remember you when some of these comes up. Right. So this was someone you had worked with in your past. Mm-hmm. Former who, boss. Oh, nice. A former boss who has pinged you in the future for another opportunity. Mm-hmm. Amazing. What I also love about what you just said, we talked about earlier how you had gone from strategy to operations. We talked about how you had changed industries from consulting to media to retail. And I mentioned thinking broadly and creatively about our skills. That person thought broadly and creatively about your skills and saw that repeated experience of running a small business inside a large organization. Mm-hmm. I just love these examples. You're, you're really giving a real life example to all of these mantras that I have been hammering. <laughs> 
to help people have options and see all these incredibly exciting options that may lie ahead for them in their career if they just expand their uh, mindset about their skills, their uh, networks, and keep those networks alive and nurtured. And honestly, think very um, strategically about their personal brand. Absolutely. Yeah. So think for a moment about listeners who may be thinking, huh, I wonder what my next best career move should be. Whether they stay inside their current company or they look externally, maybe some people are even thinking of leaves of absence, et cetera. What advice do you have for someone who's listening about what could they be doing to start nurturing that mindset of I'm running to something, not from something, and really opening themselves up to the opportunities? Sure. I I think probably one of the most important things is you've got to start with yourself. And that's kind of what I was talking about a little bit earlier. I think we're all hard on ourselves and not necessarily think that you're bringing much to the table. Or Uh if I need to move to the next opportunity, well, why me? Mm. I think if you sit down and kind of take score of yourself, like, what am I good at? What have I done? What would I like to experience in? And kind of always, it's the, uh, use the term, it's a, what's your teaching to learning ratio? Okay. Of You always have to have some kind of balance on that. And I'm sure that moves person to person, but sometimes you get too comfortable and you find like, listen, I'm only teaching, I'm not learning anything anymore, mm-hmm. which I would encourage and hope you're always learning to some extent. So I've always tried to have kind of more an even balance, yeah. but you also make sure you're bringing something to the table. So you can't come and just learn and absorb and not teach. So if you have a real good idea of what you brought to the table and, and give yourself credit, I think, um, I think we all try to be humble about what we have and we don't think or there's always someone better. And there is also always someone with more experience. But I think when you have your unique experience, you take that combination of these skills and experiences and the people that you've collected on it. Yeah. That you can then take that and kind of see where it can take and open more doors. Um, because I think until you've done that critical assessment of yourself, it's hard to ask others to do it. Yeah. Um, you may get lucky and someone may come out and, that, and that's, that's fortune, that's great. But to think all of us are looking at how you can be Mm-hmm. proactive about doing that and i think you have to be really clear about what you bring to the table and my guess is more than not people bring more than they think they do okay so this is really good advice let me draw it down to more specifics the example you just gave was somebody from your past who reached out to you kind of out of the blue with an opportunity you had not been thinking about correct correct if i'm a listener and i'm getting proactive what advice do you have for how we should start reactivating a network and letting people know what we're open to? It's ideally, I think it's a gradual thing, right? Okay. There's, there's always that shock and awe moment of, um, and I think you know, all of us have gone through those times when you're not, for some dimension or another, you're not pleased about where you're at. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't do anything until they've got to that point of try to bend, not break. Uh-huh. So once you've got to that breaking point, it's like, all right, now I need to reactivate. I have this many contacts in LinkedIn. I have these personal friends, these relationships. Now I need to start explaining to them what I bring to the table. Yeah. So I think when you're fortunate enough, you're, you're building those over time. And I think everybody would benefit from that. Um, and when I've done things well, I think that's what I've benefited from. But then, of course, a lot of people, uh, myself included, in certain times, you find yourself where you have to be more immediate. Mm-hmm. I think you have to be willing to put yourself out there, and it's yeah. very uncomfortable. And that's, I've never <laughs> used, I'm uh, not a big user of social media. I, I haven't really used LinkedIn that extensively on that network. But I had an executive coach who basically knew you have to go out there, be clear what your intent is. Yeah. 
don't hide behind something. People know this and people understand more people are going through this than you'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's also an openness and people are, tend to be eager to help. Now, not everyone can help and not in a position to help. But when you come, when you've reached that point that you know you need to outreach, if you are a little bit behind the curve on probably where you'd like to build right. these relationships, people are really, it's, people are amazing. I, yeah. I think people really will lean in and will want to help. Yeah. And it probably won't be, you reach out to a person, they say, oh, I can do something for you. More than not, it's, oh, I know someone else who could. Mm-hmm. You start to get this level of extrapolation. So it, it's time, perseverance, and probably some uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. But I think that's a big piece of it. Yeah, it's wonderful. And such a great time to be thinking about it, right? We're uh, You and I are recording here just coming into the holiday season, and then the New Year resolution period is coming, right? So it's just a time to start afresh. And think about rekindling some of these relationships that you may have uh, you know, had to go stale a little bit. So, Richard, you also just mentioned that you had an executive coach. Is that a coach that you got for just ongoing leadership development? Or was it a coach you got in a moment when you knew you were seeking a career switch? Uh, good question. This is a little bit ahead of the curve. It was recommended to me that because, okay, well, if you're looking to the next level or you're looking yeah. at expanding your growth, this is a good time and we can make some available. I was very fortunate. Wow. Uh, great company that uh, gave me that exposure. I wouldn't say that I fully appreciate the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you, we all feel you're doing a good job at your job. But you're not looking to see, um, you're not really turning over as many leads and, and developing as you might like or want. It was eye-opening to me. Um, it just helps I found that it really helped me think about different avenues and areas I had not explored in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Definitely pushed me on the relationship side. Definitely pushed me to say, well, what do you want to get into? And asking, and really firmly laying paths out mm-hmm. and how people think about you. So it forces you down that conversation. If it's not a New Year's resolution, it's just another path, I yeah. think. Um, but that's one thing that's been eye-opening to me. And I think that's, I want to continue to do more of if nothing else, it's that nudge mm-hmm. to do something you probably want to do or know you should do, but probably wouldn't have done for yourself otherwise. Yeah. I also find that coaching can help some people that are suffering from self-limiting beliefs. And you kind of mentioned this earlier when you were mentioning sometimes we sell ourselves short on the value that we can bring. Sure. And I find sometimes people get that extra boost of confidence for that mm-hmm. uh, when, when, when they're reaching out for their next best move. So let me pivot over to the Me Sweet Sweetener. Um, have you had a chance to give some thought to what advice you have for our listener community, things we could start doing differently on Monday? My biggest thing, and I think it doesn't come naturally to me. This is why this is not advice of something to say, oh, I do this well. You must do this too. Okay. This is my, <laughs> constantly trying to remind myself of really embrace change and embrace challenges mm-hmm. and look at it differently. I think it's very naturally, especially in today's world, to look at risk and try to find a way to avoid it. Uh, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, I think if you look at what's in front of you and how can I turn something that I see as a risk into an opportunity, um, the smartest, most successful people, both personally and professionally, I've seen always have a way to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think in, in, on a Monday morning, kind of waking up and say, well, what, what can I do? What am I not comfortable with? And then push myself to do it. Okay. It's the whole, you know, no one ever regrets... Uh, taking that opportunity later in life. So looking forward on that of just making yourself a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I've been as guilty as anybody of getting back, going back to that teaching learning ratio uh-huh. of I'm just teaching and I'm not learning uh-huh. anything anymore. So how can I find something else that I can be learning about? Yeah. 
So on my better days, I think that's when I'm pushing myself to learn something now. Yeah. So to the advice that you had about waking up on a Monday and doing something that you perceive as risky, for listeners out there who might be in next best career move mode, that risk might be calling that person in your network that you haven't spoken to in four years, right? Mm-hmm. I think everybody thinks of taking a risk as jumping with both feet into something new. Mm-hmm. And it has to be some big change. Mm-hmm. I think when when I see people do things well, when I've been fortunate to do something right, it tends to be coming back to that pivot foot thing. Yeah. Of like, how can I take one step forward? Now, it's still grounded in what I do, what my experience is. And I think a lot more people are comfortable to do that. Because I don't think... That many people are brave enough yeah. to really wake up in the morning and be like, I'm going to change my life. I'm yeah. going to change how I look at the world. But it becomes a lot more natural and an easier path. And you say, well, what's the slight step that I can take today? Yeah. Which is still well-rooted in what I've always done in the past. Yeah. Well, I hope the one main theme that listeners take away from this conversation is that your career path has been everything except a straight line. <laughs> right? Set up some bumpers and run with it. <laughs> yeah, everything except a straight line. And I think that that gives us all a lot of encouragement to just the sea of options that are available to us if we want to think a little bit more creatively about our next best career move. So I congratulations on all of your moves and the rich network that you have built through building trust. And I just congratulate you on all those successes and thank you for joining us in the Me Suite. Thank you, Donna. Thanks for having me. Thank you for spending time in the Me Suite. If you have ideas for topics you'd like discussed this season, contact me at themesuite.com or on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you. And remember, five-star ratings and reviews keep us alive out here. They really do make a difference. 